What up? Welcome back to the Seller Seller Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Glenn Enos Jr. and Matthew Souza. Hey. Guys, what's up? How we doing, huh? How we doing? Pretty good. Well, I'm another year older, another year wiser, and uh, I'm ready to win all my leagues this year. Yeah, I mean, which, which includes, quick. by the way, a new startup dynasty that the Stellar Seller Podcast has taken over. I yeah, am going to come in last place. I have never done a dynasty league. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. this way. Think of this way, Mason. You kind of want to like draft your players like you're doing a startup fantasy draft in Madden. We know how much you like to play Madden. Oh, I love so, it. as long as. So as long as you like take the tools from that and bring it into this, <laughs> you'll be all right. You want to get um, you want to get good players, but you want to get young players. Think of it you this get way: good young players. Yeah. So, you know how, like, you'll in a redraft, you'll draft a team and it gets you to the toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. Now just take that team and keep it until next year. So I'm just guaranteed that's a dynasty league. <laughs> Um, now is the, a startup is interesting. Even I'm a little like off balance because you're drafting a dynasty team. I've only ever taken over a dynasty team. So you, you obviously focus on youth, but I feel like new entrants maybe focus too much on youth. You got to also get your studs and you got to try to win now as much as save for the future. It's, it's a, tough balance between that because if you're always playing for the future you're never going to win you're always gonna be like oh yeah like first round picks are great but you can't use that to win a championship this year and if you keep going for the future you're always going to have young guys who aren't elite yet you know what i mean so, yeah. so i think there's like there's a time and a place to figure out what your team is heading towards and what you need to do in a startup you could just say, oh, I'm going to try to go all in this year, get the best players possible and try to win the first year and then just deal with it after that. You know, you start out with first round picks. Everyone has the same amount of picks, blah, blah, blah. But you also want to get good young players. And the way the draft is set up, the ADP kind of goes. It's different from regular fantasy drafts because it kind of puts the good young players first. So instead of like, let's see, you know, number two pick being Christian McCaffrey, in a regular redraft league, it would be like a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson or somebody else because Chris mm-hmm. McCaffrey has some years on him, whereas these players are going to be better for a longer period of time. But I think at once you draft your team and then once you see how your season's turning out, like say if you're, you know, two and fucking seven, not going to make the playoffs, you could trade an aging veteran to a team that's a contender in return for maybe a future, you know, second round pick, first round pick in order to better your team the next season. And uh, yeah, it's nice. Even if your team's not doing well, you still have, you can still make moves and right. still play the game, you know, and in the off season as well, you're, you never, it never really stops, which is cool. Right. Uh, but the your draft redraft, will be interesting for me. Uh, you're uh, I'm sorry. Your, your initial draft is very important because you're making the foundation of your team. Some of them are going to hit, some are going to miss, but that's just like every fantasy draft. That's right. All right. Um, it, 
appears that it's that time yet again for the news with Sousa. Get it. Let's go. So we got some news. I actually had to scroll a long way through this past week, but I'm going to lead off with, well, actually, Tom Brady has a couple of new targets, but I'm going to start with tight end Kyle Rudolph. He was signed to a one-year deal with the Bucks and is now the go-to replacement for Gronk. They obviously have Cameron Bray, but Kyle Rudolph is already expected to be uh, the one there um, to take Gronk's place, which I don't know. I never know how to feel about tight ends when they're on the Vikings. There always seems to be upside, and they always seem to suck. So I don't know what to say. I like uh, I like this Kyle Rudolph signing for the Bucks because obviously Gronk isn't there. Cameron Bray is Cameron Bray at the end of the day. You know, he's he's played games in the starting role where Gronk has missed, and he hasn't picked up the slack that Gronk kind of left out there for him to pick up. Uh, I think Kyle Rudolph, although he is older, is more of a talented pass catcher than Cameron Bray. They said that he's going to be – you know, part of this offense, and I don't feel like they'd bring him in just to not be. So, Cameron Bray, he's not going to be Gronk, but – I mean, I'm sorry. Kyle Rudolph, he's not going to be Gronk, but uh, he, he yeah. could be something. The the beat report is Rudolph is to inherit the bulk of Gronk's role. So, we'll see what that means. Um, it is Tom Brady, after all. So, there's some there's definitely some silver lining there and upside to be had. Kyle Shanahan said he's determined to use a running back by committee, which is not great to hear if you are an Elijah Mitchell stand. And to me, it just seems par for the course with this team and reassures my desire to want nothing to do with the running back room in uh, San Francisco, which is what I said last year. Only I was going to say the draft Raheem Mostert. Susan, if I, if I may interject. We've heard this for the past three seasons. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. So right here's what's going to happen. Glenn's leaving. Uh, but more importantly, you're going to tell us all offseason and preseason about how you don't want to touch the 49ers backfield. And then ultimately you'll be sitting there. Elijah Mitchell will be sitting there. Yep. Round five, mm. and you're gonna go. I'll say five. Oh, I'm gonna have to take him there. You're gonna go. Ooh. Well, I don't know where he's going. I just said five, but he could well, be going. Well, that's earlier than that. That's what I'm. My point is like, I say this, but if the value's there, I won't be able to help myself. I will do it. So I did with Mostert because I knew what guy he could have been. I wanted running backs early. I already had Aaron Jones and Montgomery. I'm like, I'm freaking getting Reed Mostert because I know his upside is there. Broke his shit first play. <laughs> um, or like second play, whatever. So, yeah, but now... At least Raheem Moser was expected to be the guy. Now we're starting to see that it might just be a committee. So, yikes. Well, that suggests to me that they don't think that one person has emerged yet. So, you know, season's there long. Ha- there hasn't been one single person since Frank Gore left that team. Kyle Shanahan is a dickhead when it comes to running backs and fantasy football. You're probably better off just drafting Debo 
and hoping that he's the running back because we saw that a lot last year. I don't like San Francisco's know, right? running backs. I never did, never will, as long as Kyle Shanahan is the head coach. There. Now, see, I actually believe Glenn when he says he won't touch their running backs with a 10-foot pole. And, and Sousa, I don't know if you're going to say this on the news, but I'll go ahead and jump forward a step here for the 49ers, is that we are now in the Trey Lance era for San Francisco. And Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan confirmed that today. Um, mm-hmm. another mobile mobile quarterback. Another guy who's going to be running the football. Yeah, which I don't know. Sometimes that can actually help running back situation, keep the defense on their toes, run option plays. But we all know what can happen within the five when you have a mobile quarterback. So it's probably best to stay away. Honestly, um, I know most is not there. I forget who they even have behind Mitchell. Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. Bowl of Vader. How could I forget? Yeah, Total Bowl of Vader, Jeff Wilson. Two years running. <laughs> um, yeah. So, anyway, moving sure on. They still have Trey Sermon, too. Oh, yeah, they do. Who's not obviously stepping up much. Right. But yeah, Trey Lance. I'll find more news on that, I'm sure. I'm still looking uh, six days back or something. Um, Tyreek Hill. This is always fun to, to talk about. On first take this morning, well, yesterday, hyping up Tua and once again calling him the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. And this yes. report even says that he slipped in an F-bomb. The most accurate motherfucking quarterback in the NFL. I don't think that that would be as ridiculous of a take if he didn't literally just come from probably the best quarterback in the league. <laughs> Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, one thing if he was coming from Andy Dalton and he was like, yeah, two is the most accurate passer I've ever had. And it's like, well, you've only had Andy Dalton. So, uh, but you guys understand what NFL. I'm saying here, right? No, I know. I know. I, all right. Look, I, I, I get know. it. I understand you want to hype up your quarterback and your teammates. You're being a good teammate. But when you start saying ludicrous shit like that, it's kind of yeah. like, I, I know if I'm two, I'm probably like, am I really the most accurate passer in the league? <laughs> oh, like, can I, can I, I read down, you guys what, what Craig said in the chat? Craig said, has anyone it. ever watched a Dolphins game and said, wow, so accurate? I usually <laughs> say, wow, this guy blows. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's a great point. Like I said, I, I, I admire, you know, hyping up your teammate, you know, saying that you're all in with Tua, even comparing him to Mahomes like he has on his podcast before. It's Tyree Kill just saying outlandish Tyree Kill shit and whatever. If he wants to say it, if he wants to go on TV to say it to get ratings for ESPN, by means. But well, nobody, you know, either nobody. he makes either he makes headlines like this or he makes headlines beating his kid. There's no in between. So I guess, I guess so. And oh I guess we'll take God. I guess we'll take these headlines over the other ones. Um, Fair enough. But nobody's taking that seriously. You can't. You can't. You watch a football game, you have any knowledge of the NFL, you know Tua Tagovailoa is not the most accurate passer in the league. Maybe uh, something's could he, changed. Could he, could he be after this year? That's a wait-and-see thing, but I don't believe He could have on the, the Miami beaches. Maybe he found a, a genie bottle, a, a lamp, rubbed it, so, got a wish. I'm asking you a question. What's a more ludicrous thing to say? What Tyreek Hill just said about Tua or what Devontae Adams said? About Derek Carr. 
he was asked, uh, he was asking him uh, at camp to transition from, you know, going from Green Bay to the Raiders and this like that. And Devontae Adams said, uh, you know, he's like, been lucky enough to play with the Hall of Fame quarterback and now I'm going to another Hall of Fame quarterback and, you know, basically saying, yeah, yeah, yeah he said that. What? I, 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 I might be generalizing, but it's to the gist of that. He basically said from one Hall of Fame quarterback to the other Hall of Fame quarterback. What the fuck, bro? Well, so he's is, sipping that Kool-Aid. What's more accurate is to attack of Iowa, the most accurate pass in the league, or Derek Carr, a Hall of Famer? Um, that's a good question. I'd probably say Derek Carr, Hall of Famer, because that suggests that he's all-time great. You know what I'm saying? Like, he should be among yeah. the fucking best quarterbacks of all time. That's, in, that is ludicrous. To put it in perspective, um, no quarterback has been inducted into the Hall of Fame since 2006. Really? Wow. So I know, obviously, we just went through, like, generational quarterbacks and they're now retiring. So eventually there's going to be yeah, a few right, years right. in a row where some yeah, quarterbacks yeah. inducted the Hall of Fame. But Derek Carr is going to be one of them, according to – He needs to they, do a lot more. I mean, I think he's he, still trying to get on the same level as uh, – or maybe he is on the same level as, like, a Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, who are debatable to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, people no. have that Philip, Philip Rivers at least made an AFC yeah. championship game. Yeah, Derek Carr is one jack. Uh, That's why I said he, I said maybe on the same level, but I started with he's still catching up to that level. So that's what I'm saying. Like if those guys, if you're debating whether or not they might even like they deserve it, then he probably definitely doesn't deserve it. He doesn't even have the longevity with the Raiders to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Maybe Adams used the time stone and saw the future. 14 million out. Maybe. Maybe if you're just the top receiver in the league, you're a fucking idiot. That's what I'm coming. That's through. that's actually, yeah. I mean, I Antonio Brown was at one point. Yeah. Now we got Tyreek Hill with these outlandish takes. Michael Thomas says stupid shit on Twitter all the time. <laughs> I mean, maybe it just comes with the territory. You're a great wide receiver, but you are a fucking idiot when it comes to football takes. <laughs> Move on, Suzu. Okay. Um, for all those Charger fans, Josh Palmer is to emerge as the clear wide receiver three for the Chargers. I know there was some debate whether there was Guyton, there was Palmer, there may have even been somebody else. But it sounds like Josh Palmer is that guy, just in case someone like Mike Williams gets hurt. That's good to know. Um, moving on. Things are looking cautiously optimistic about Chris Godwin being back for week one, but the Bucks aren't set on him being ready just yet. That's good news. That's optimistic. You got cleared for camp today. I know that. Maybe so, I'll get there. Okay. <laughs> but that's good. That's good that he's, he's cleared. Um, the Ravens signed Corey Clement running back after he worked out for them yesterday. He'll join J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Mike Davis, Justice Hill, Tyler Batty. Wait, they have they have Mike Davis now. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, Where the fuck was this when we returned from the off season, Sousa? I needed those I mean, in the headline. I don't know. When are we wow. going to get Mike Davis? Definitely a couple of weeks ago. I picked him up in one of my dynasty leagues just in case. But now they got they now they got more guys, so they don't know what they're doing. Um, oh my, 
Joe Burrow is going to uh, get his appendix removed. Yep. He'll miss some practice time, but better now than later. Um, yeah, as Glenn said, the, the 49ers moved on to Trey Lance, which I'm excited for. I think we've yeah. seen enough of Jimmy G. I agree. At the very least, Jimmy G definitely needs a change of scenery. Yeah. Like Patriots, maybe? No. Seahawks running back Chris Carson retired due to a neck injury. Dude, I'm sorry today when you guys were talking about it in fantasy football chat and Panacho said, there goes Gomes' second-round pick. I fucking lost it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Panacho's good like that. I was like, that. you know what? I was laughing at Craig's team names. Me too. Oh, yeah, those are good. Me too. Arian Foster. Thank you, dude. I thought that was great. And I got crickets in the chat. Nobody wants to laugh at fucking Nazi jokes. You know what's funny? Glenn, the funny thing is is that I was working. So I I got out early today because I had an uh, appointment to go to. So I was, like, working quickly. And I glanced down at my phone and I saw that first. And I was like... What about Arian Foster? And then later on, you said, "Damn!" So no one, no one caught on Arian Foster. On and then I read it and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so good! That's so good!" I like it, but it just doesn't make sense for a team name. Like, why are we doing a team name based on Arian Foster? Because it's a because fo- it's a football, it's a Arian football legend. Why? That's true. You could call you could call it Arian like, Foster, I guess. Like, like if the whole rosters. If Arian Foster was in our league and won the toilet bowl, that would be phenomenal. I would love that. I like I like, I do like the Nazi jokes though. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I'm gonna get insta banned. Those bro. were good. Um, poor Craig. So lastly, since you covered um, Godwin return to training camp. Um, actually, we'll, we'll talk about this quickly. Clyde Edwards-Alaire on the active slash physically unable to perform list. What's up That's a great question. Was this, was this pussy hurt? <laughs> oh, man. Um, Is he afraid of playing a little football? I'm going to tell you right now. Step the fuck up, Clyde. Uh, guys, Ronald Isaac Jones stock? Through the roof. I just traded for him in my dynasty. Through the roof. To the moon. To the moon. It says that uh, his situation is nothing major. He could be taken off the list in the next few days. Uh, Why the fuck would they put him on PUP? Probably just that time of the month for him. Jesus. I guess so, but his stock's been going down. Downtown. The last thing I'm going to talk about, which (laughs) is uh, possibly big, and that's Julio Jones signing mm. with the Bucks. Julio, think what you do are. we say about that? Washed. Damn, you said washed. Yep. You're not even gonna give him a chance with Tom Brady. I mean, if he's like really late, sure. All right, all right, all right. How about this? Compare him to Arizona Cardinals AJ Green. Fuck out of here. Oh, I'm taking Julio every day. What the fuck? So you yeah. think he'll be at least better than? AJ Green on, on the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I would be better than AJ Green on the Cardinals. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay. 
Because I'm just I just want to make sure he's not you're not thinking of him like that, like some washed up no, no, wide no, receiver no. three who's not gonna do much. Problem is, I mean, it's a good time where he's coming in now. He still has all training camp to get familiar with Tom Brady. It'd be different if they signed him like week one, and it's one of those signings that looks good, and then you're like, oh, mm. wait a minute, he hasn't done shit, doesn't know all the plays. <laughs> um but it's tough because Mike Evans obviously is a guy. <laughs> you, you, you lose Gronk. Were you laughing at Craig? Yeah, yeah. Craig yeah. said Julio's uh, hamstrings are held together with paper clips. True but unfortunate situation. <laughs> paper. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong about that. That's disrespectful to a legend. What did Julio ever do to you, Craig? Dude, it's not. It's not disrespectful. It's true. No. I mean, I hope if he's healthy, he can make an impact for the Bucks team. But they but just signed Russell Gate. But can he make an impact on your fantasy roster? Uh, probably not. No? I think he's going to be – if he's healthy and everyone else is healthy, Chris Godman looks like he's – possible chance he's ready for the start of the season. So that already takes away snap percentage for Julio Jones. They signed Russell Gage, who should still mm-hmm. be ahead of him because you don't just bring in Russell Gage to not use him unless you're the Atlanta Falcons. And um, – <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you'd be the fourth guy after that. They still have Scotty Miller. All right, how about this? Compare him to last year Antonio Brown with Brady on the Bucks, but possible wide receiver three. But who knows? He could be good. We've seen it before. No, I think Antonio Brown has more in the tank than Julio does. I think yeah, Julio's missed 14 games the past two seasons. Brown was also more conducive to what Brady wants to do in offense. You know, Brown's obviously a good, very good. Obviously, he can go for home run stuff, but he's a very good possession receiver, which obviously is Tom Brady's bread and butter. Um, I think Julio stretches the field more kind of like what Mike Evans already did. Yeah, yeah. So my thing is, is like if Godwin isn't ready for the start of the season, I think Julio has a lot of upside for those first few weeks. And then it's one of those things where by that point, kind of see what you got. If he's performing, then obviously they'll still incorporate him as part of the offense when Godwin comes back. But, I mean, if if Julio has those reps and he's not really doing anything with it and it's like the Mike Evans and Russell Gage and Kyle Rudolph show, then, you know, I think yeah. it's it kind of depends on how – on Chris Godwin's situation at the beginning of the season, I would this say. This is obviously amazing for Brady. can only help him. Uh, but Julio – yeah, we'll he have needs to see. all the help in the world. I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> like Julio with Brady. I mean, at one point that would have been something you would pay to see. Uh, but now, who knows? Glenn, can you make uh, maybe a WWE analogy of Julio and Brady getting together at this old age? I like. Um, I can't compare. Probably John Cena now. If he if he teamed with. Fucking Shawn Michaels. No, I wouldn't put Julio Shawn Michaels. I'd say Kurt Angle, who can't move his neck right now. He can't. He literally can't like turn his head to the side because he has a broken. Yeah, he's like he's like Batman with the mask. He has to turn his body to to look around. Old Batman. (laughs) I mean, that would have never crossed my mind, but I'm glad you said it. Yeah, Um, yeah. That's that's the news of Souza. All right.
the AFC East. Are you guys ready? That's, oh, I'm so ready, bro. I'm so ready for this. I mean, I mean, Craig's here for the Patriots ramp, so we might as well just give it to him. Oh, too bad. We're starting with the Bills. <laughs> We're starting with a team that's actually good. Um, hey, the Buffalo Bills in 2022. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, never mind. We gave our picture when I was going to win the ASU West last year. I forgot. 22 Buffalo, 22, 2022 Buffalo Bills um, are going to be great. They're going to be nasty. They're going to look to right the wrong that was a debacle, a defensive debacle in an AFC divisional game against the Kansas City Chiefs. In fantasy, they have powerhouses, juggernauts, if you will, and also potential players that could win you your league. So let's start with the MVP. For the Buffalo Bills, my MVP in fantasy for the third straight year will be the number one quarterback, and that's Josh Allen. Past two years, Josh Allen was the number one quarterback. And that's insane to me, honestly. Um, I remember being behind him day one. I was like, I like Josh Allen. I like this kid. I played him. I play, He was on my team. He he he, he was all right. He was like a – Actually, was it 2019? I mean, he finished number eight in 2019. Uh, but he had, like, his fair share of duds, but some good games. And people like Craig were like, ah, this guy sucks. Now he's the number one. Twice. Twice. Once is a fluke. Twice is uh, a, it's trend. a trend. Fool me once, strike one. Yep. <laughs> Fool me twice, strike three. <laughs> so can, we, can this trend continue? There's no reason why he can't. Um, I agree, Glenn. He's my MVP, too. Mason? Yeah, uh, Josh Allen's my MVP as well. Um, he's just so good. Uh, perfect, perfect balance of, you know, strength. <laughs> what? No, just, Craig says diaper has been removed. Can oh, confirm. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. It takes a big man to uh, yeah. hold up to that. At least he admits it. That's good. Um, I mean... Josh Allen is just like the perfect quarterback in this era where he's got, he's got the strength, but he's also got the mobility. Um, you know, he can get your points with his legs. He can get your points with his arm. He's, he really can do it all. Um, and like you said, I don't see any reason why that has to stop. Um, he's, and this, he's this the best is- player on the team. This right here says, I mean, they've signed Jamison Crowder, O.J. Howard at tight end. They drafted a rookie running back. Uh, they're doing everything in their power to to set up Josh Allen for another great year and the Bills as a whole. Yeah, they lose Cole Beasley and they lose um, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, who have shown flashes of being, you know, some pretty good receivers for him and uh, also some viable fantasy options in the past. Obviously, Diggs is the number one. Josh Allen's going to do well, which means Diggs is going to do well. Last year, we saw the yardage go down a little bit for Diggs, but the touchdowns actually increased. Um, you'd like to see the yardage continue to stay the same or go up so you can get back to that top five range instead of finishing, I believe it was number eight, as he finished last year. Yeah, it's weird because, like, the first, like, half of the season, you were waiting for that Diggs game to just for him to go off, but he was consistently getting you, like, 12 to 15 points, which obviously you'll take. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his high but, his highest game last year was only twenty six point two. Yeah, that's I half think, point PBR. But. I think the year before he had a couple thirty plus games. Oh yeah, for sure. I think he even had, he might have had like a forty point one. I think he had like two or like three or four touchdowns. I think in one game points against yeah. New England. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's when they couldn't stop him from scoring a touchdown once. I think. Yeah. Week yeah. sixteen. Anyways, my X factor alongside of Stephon Diggs, or should I say the guy? Actually, no, that was last year. I'm sorry. Sorry. Is Gabe Davis or Gabriel Davis? I guess nowadays he's going by Gabe. So I'm going to call him Gabe. Gabe Davis, wide receiver two for the Bills, now has the floor to be that guy opposite Stephon Diggs. He's a nice young receiver who I think, with a guy like Josh Allen, who's the number one quarterback, if Josh Allen's putting up points, Somebody else is going to catch the ball. It's not going to be digs every time. Uh, so Gabe Davis, if you can grab him on your team, he could be a steady Eddie flex to a possible wide receiver two with upside for your team. Um, that being said, the way Josh Allen disperses the ball, and if a guy is scoring like Dawson Knox or possibly now the new addition of Jameson Crowder, um, Gabe Davis might suffer, you know, from some weeks. But he's the X factor on this team, I think. That second established wide receiver, kind of to fill the void of Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, I think Gabe Davis is next in line. And I like him. I do. Yeah. All right. You're all right. He's all right. I'm trying to think of, um, trying to see if I'd do anything differently. I'm tempted to say Jameson Crowder. Because uh, he's, See, got... I have, I have Jamison Crowder as a sleeper. Because I, I think you're going to get yeah. Gabe Davis obviously before him. That's more appropriate. I think Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, those guys will go around the same time, but they're going to be late. And guys, you can just stash on your bench, and hopefully they start to become something kind of like how Emmanuel Sanders was last year, and uh, hopefully a viable starter. But continue yeah, about your X factor. X factor, I'm going to go with um, Davis as well. So I'll I'll, oh. I'll back you up there, Mason. Uh, my X factor is Dawson Knox. Dawson um, Knox. Yeah, because you know Dawson Knox, um, low key. I feel like he had he finished um, number eight last year as a uh, tight end, and I think he missed a little bit of time due to injury, if I'm not mistaken, and also. To your point, Glenn, it would be nice if Gabriel Davis emerged as a consistent second target, but I don't think that he has to because Dawson Knox has proven, I think, if he continues to trend up from what he did last year, that he has the capability to be that second target to Stephon, uh, for Josh Allen after Stephon Diggs. Um, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he finished top five as a tight end this year. I, uh, I like that, Mason. I have, um, I have Dawson Knox as my other sleeper to, uh, to be a tight end that you can get, you know, late after all the elite tight ends are gone because like you said, he finished number eight, the way the bills use him in the red zone caught nine touchdowns last year. That's why he's the number That's the difference maker, yeah. 
So I think um, that's why people still might not be buying into him because on the games he didn't have touchdowns. Like you might you might have thought he was becoming that guy, and then you'd have a couple of games without touchdowns. You're like, oh yeah, you can't trust him. So I mean, he played 15 games last year, only 71 targets, 49 receptions for 587 yards, nine touchdowns. If the touchdowns aren't there, the tight end, but the tight end position, you're willing to take that risk, being on you know the number one offense with the Buffalo Bills right. and the number one quarterback. Yeah, why not? I like that. I like Dawson Knox as an X factor. Yeah, I, I like him. I like where he's going. I think he's he's at a fair area, fair price. Okay, I got something to say. My players to avoid on this high-powered offense is anybody who lines up behind Josh Allen <laughs> in that backfield. Yep. Get me away from the Bills' backfield. Albeit, Devin, Devin Singletary finally – Showed a little bit of consistency for the second half of last year. But nobody's done it for a full season under Josh Allen. No wow, running he did back. Do well at the back half. But no running back has put together 17 games of like a guy that I want in my flex or RB2. I just I can't trust it. And now they draft a rookie, James Cook, who's Dalvin Cook's little brother, in case you didn't know. Seriously? I was yeah, he's not a, he's not as good though, but people might, you know, think of his name and be like, he's a cook brother. Okay. But still, now they got him. He still got Zach Moss. So I don't even know why he's on the team. He didn't do nothing second half of the season. And Singletary's still there. And I feel like even at the goal line, Josh Allen's running it in or they're throwing to somebody and they're not giving goal line carries to these guys. I don't yeah. like the Bills' backfield. Stay away from it. That I agree. Being said, that being said, my lottery ticket is actually the rookie James Cook, just in case <laughs> he seems to break the trend of these running backs. He's Devin Singletary's, the Zach Mosses. If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be someone related to Dalvin Cook. So if you want to spend the last pick in the draft or maybe, you know, second to last, or I don't know if people will reach for one just based on the namesake of him. Uh why not? Stole him for a bit. See what happens. See what the Bills do with Singletary. If Singletary is the every down back, then Singletary is a viable flex option. It's just not, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Completely agree with everything you just said. Yep. I don't think there's been a running back to trust back there since CJ Spiller. And, and even uh, that. That other even, dude. Yeah. Who was the other that. guy? Stevens? No. Uh, no Fred, Fred Jackson. Fred Jackson. Yeah, Fred Jackson. They were like a tandem. There isn't. There isn't a running back you could trust until uh, Marshawn Lynch was before those dudes as a Bill. Damn. Yeah. Uh, anything else on the Bills before we move along? Negative Ghost Rider. Nope. I mean, like, like wrapping up real quick, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, two fantasy studs. As long as they're on the field, those are the guys you want to target. Um, how early do you get Josh Allen? How early? How early do you think most leagues will take them, or how early do you think he'll go in our draft? I mean. Or how early should you get him? How early should you get him? I'm fine, like, beginning of the third round. Yeah, I agree. I'd say third round, no earlier. But we all know someone in our fucking 
league is going to take him in the second round probably. Because there's going to be guys who can finish number one that will go after him that you're probably better off waiting for, like a uh, Mahomes, Kyler, Herbert, even Tom Brady, and Jalen Hurts like, can still get you good points. So Here's, here's the thing, Susan. No guy has finished number one in the past two years besides Josh Allen. So what's stopping him from doing it for the third year in a row? Nothing. Russell Wilson? Nope. It doesn't mean the guy who finishes two or three is going to be that much worse to where you got to sacrifice a second round pick. He's not number one. Neither was Kelsey last year, but I don't think you'll complain if you have him instead of Andrews. I might. You might. All yeah, right. I'd say early third, earliest. Moving on to the Bills, this this team I've been waiting to talk about this team for a while. You so said I'm Bills. Excited to, I said moving on from the Bills. Oh, from the Bills. I'm excited Sorry. to talk about this team uh, all offseason since a lot of deals were made. Actually, I guess the biggest deal would be Tyree Kill going from the Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins. <sighs> Who wants to start with their MVP? Because I got something to say. Greg, just face it, you're not getting your rant until the end of the episode. Um, I can go first if you want. Yeah, go ahead. All right. My MVP is not Tyreek Hill. <gasps> My MVP is Jalen Waddle. <gasps> Jalen Waddle, baby. Um same, dude. Same Dude. Jalen Waddle finished as the number 16 wide receiver last year, and that was without Tyreek Hill on the team, okay? So if anything, having Tyreek Hill there is going to open things up even more for my man Jalen Waddle, in my opinion, okay? Um, Not to mention, Dolphins wide receivers get to play against the Patriots' sorry-ass defense twice a year now. Um, Two has absolutely carved them up, so... There's that. That's just a personal itch I had to scratch. Um, yeah, man, I think Jalen Waddle. obviously you've seen him. You've seen him with Tua. So you know what you're getting there. You're getting a known commodity. You know what I mean? You know that he has chemistry with Tua. There's Tyree Kill, big name. We don't really know. Okay, I know Tyree Kill's been popping off about him on social media, but you're not going to know until you see them in game action if they actually have – any sort of chemistry at all on the football field. So Jalen Waddle for me, I think I'll be, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think the offense is probably going to basically be run through him. I like it, Mason. I have Waddle's my MVP too. And here's why. Like you said, we've seen what Tua can do with Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle last year set a rookie record for receptions at 104 on 140 targets for over a thousand yards and six touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. That's good. As a rookie receiver, that is good. It's great. Now, like you said, you're at Tyree Kill to the mix. The only grip with that is he could be taking away targets from Jalen Waddle. But I think the type of receiver that Waddle is, and I'm not sure how many chances two is going to want to be taken on, you know, down the field to Tyree. Cause I mean, Tyree can, you know, catch a curl or a slant and take it to the house too. But I think Waddle's more of that possession receiver, whereas Tyreek's your big guy, your big play guy. 
Uh, I think Waddle's going to be more consistent than Reek. I know Reek's going to go ahead of him in draft just based on name alone and what he brings to the table and his potential to be the ultimate boomer bust. Um, but it's on Tua. At the end of the day, we don't know what Tua's going to do with Tyreek Hill. So Jalen Waddle will remain the best fantasy option for this team this year. And um, Susan, do you think any differently? This is really tough um, because I'm torn between the two. And I want to go Tyreek just to be different and kind of explain why I think we should temper Jalen Waddle expectations. And it's kind of more like what you mentioned, Glenn, of Hill taking away targets because Waddle was kind of all they had. I'm looking at some stats here. Waddle um, had a 24% target share. Are you forgetting about Mike Gesicki? If you're about Devontae Parker. Yeah, Parker had 12%. So I'm saying Jalen Waddle getting 24% of the targets. I think that's going to go down because now they have a much better second option to take targets away. Like someone who can actually warrant taking those targets, number one. Number two, can you really expect Tua to sustain two great wide receivers? I, I doubt it. If anything, I think kind of both of them come down rather than one of them going up. And Tyreek has the ability to end a drive immediately with, like you said, taking something to the house, which only hurts Jalen Waddle's potential to catch more receptions and get more yardage. So for that reason, I think Waddle, I don't think it's as clear of him going up. I don't think Tyreek helps him. I think it might take away from him. So I want to go with the big play potential with Tyreek as my MVP. I'm going to take that chance. Glenn, hit it. No, no, come on, come on. Please. I won't, I won't do it. Oh, it's it's close. It. It's close. And that's why Tyreek Hill's my X factor. Because obviously, when you think of Tyreek Hill, you think of all the great things he did in Kansas City. But that was when he had Pat Mahomes. Even, he even did it with Alex Smith. So I'm not saying he can't do it with Tua, but we got to see it first to believe it. And that's a risky pick to take in the back of the first round in a deep league or even possible the start of a second round as your wide receiver one, probably. I don't know yeah. if I like it, but it's I, an X factor. If Tyreek booms, there's nobody in the better the league than, than Tyreek Hill in fantasy. If he is that guy and he just fucking picked right up where he left off in Kansas City, will it happen? I don't think so, and I think you might be a little disappointed with your wide receiver one and Tyree Kill. That's where I'm at. That's why he's the X factor. You can either make or break your team, and it starts in round two of your draft. That's right. Which sucks. Yeah, it's it's tricky. A lot of that kind of stuff this year. Who's your X factors? Chase Edmonds. Oh. Or I got to do more research on Chase Edmonds versus Moster, but I'm going to go with Edmonds because he seems to be the, the top of the of the depth chart because now we got some possible better talent at running back for this team, and if you can get and if you like if you go wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver I think Chase Edmonds is a guy you can pick up later after you stack up on wide receivers and even a tight end that you can actually rely on as a steady running back while your other team wide receivers get 
all the points for you. Are you I sure about that? X factor for a reason. <laughs> so if he does pan out as that guy, all of a sudden you have a, you have a great team, either like a great flex or a great running back one with a stacked wide receiver core. But at the same time, new team, Chase Edmonds isn't really a bell cow kind of guy, has never been. It, it could go either way. But I think there's real potential for him to kind of um, save some or prop up some teams in a very good value. Uh, my X Factor, number one, I want to say that if this guy wasn't my X Factor, to um, Tyreek Hill would have been my X Factor for the reasons that you said, Glenn. But my X Factor is Tua. Um, because I think the big thing that we've all touched on here is that Tua, in order for this offense, and that includes the running backs and the tight ends and all the wide receivers, and if in order for them to be elite, Tua has to take the next step. Um, you know, not even he doesn't even have to be ridiculously good, but he at least needs to take a step forward because I think. The past few seasons, or at least, you know, between his rookie season and then last season, this is his third season in the NFL, I believe. I'm not mistaken. He's he's played two years already. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, he's got a, he was kind of, people were expecting him to take that leap last year. He kind of plateaued, I think, for the most part. But now there's no excuse. They vastly improved the backfield, they vastly improved his wide receiving core. he has no excuse. He needs to take the next step and prove that he is, in fact, the guy and that the Dolphins were right not trading his ass for Deshaun Watson. I agree with that, Mason. Uh, you finally, you know, saved up all these draft picks that you've been stoned for a while. Got a lot of talent around you in this offense now. You're supposed to be the franchise quarterback for the Dolphins. This is where you got to take the next step. No more of this 500 bullshit. No more that you got to be a playoff quarterback. And if Tua Tagovailoa can do that, I think he can relate to pretty good fantasy success, which is why I have him as a sleeper. Um, I don't know if he cracks the top 10 because of all those other guys that we named before, Sousa, uh, before we started recording. But I think he can be, uh, you know, a guy you can stream if your quarterback, if your starter is a bye week. It can even be a guy if you don't like the matchup and, Tua has a better matchup, like if he's taking, facing the Patriots twice a year, start him. Um, sleeper for Tua. But, I, I mean, all this talent around him, it's going to be – he's got to be the most – or I should say the least accurate passer in the league for him to not succeed. And that's not what Tyreek Hill's saying. So, another sleeper I do have and I want to talk about real quick is Mike Gusecki. Um, last year – Gusecki in two more games um, had 20 more receptions. He had 112 targets last year at tight end. He finished tight end nine in PPR, tight end 12 in standard. And the year before, he was ranked seventh in both PPR and standard. And the difference was TDs. Two years ago, he caught six TDs. Last year, he only caught two. But the usage went up more for Gusecki. Now Tyreek Hill adds to the mix. I'm not sure if that usage... It's probably going to go down. I don't think he's going to get 112 targets. But why can't he be a red zone threat? If these dudes are worried about Waddle, if they're worried about Tyree Kill, somebody's got to be double covered. And I don't think it's going to be Mike Gusecki. 
I like Kaseki as another guy, kind of like a Dawson Knox. You know, I, I like Kaseki as far as more of, you know, he's, he's a receiver who can get you down the field more. Whether he scores a touchdown, it's going to be on Tua, obviously. And if he can be that guy who can consistently score on a regular basis. But like Kaseki is a sleeper, another guy who can get late, late after all the tight ends have passed. Kaseki will be there. Dawson Knox will be there. I like them as sleepers. Susan. Um, I'm going to go with the, with the Tua take as my sleeper. Uh, I'm not really a big, big on Gasecki. He kind of proved it to me last year that, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be as high on him as we were two years ago. And if the, I mean, if the, if the thing that propelled him to seventh tight end a couple years ago was touchdowns. And now there's a more, now there's more touchdown, um, potential with like Tyreek, like touchdowns to go around if you will, then uh, it's even less likely that maybe he'll he'll get touchdowns. I don't know. I'm I'm not big on him. I'm saying where where you're drafting him, he finished tight end nine last year in PPR. I think he still has a chance to finish top ten. I don't, I don't see him regressing that much to where there's going to be other tight ends who are better than him, like down in those in that tight sure, end. Sure, yeah. Range. Um, he's going in the middle of the seventh round. Um, according to his ADP on ESPN. You got to think of the tight ends who are being drafted before him, obviously. I'm not going to list them all, but I think he's getting drafted before Darson Knox. I think I'd rather take my chance with with Knox, though. I agree. I guess it's just based on that hype. I think Bills have a better chance of scoring touchdowns, which is why I think a tight end like Darson Knox has a better chance of scoring a touchdown over um, Gusecki. Um, much like the Buffalo Bills, the players to avoid on this is the Miami backfield, Sousa, because Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin's still there. Gaskin and Edmonds are very similar players. Johnny Michelle, don't forget him. No, I'm just saying he's – I don't like him. I'm just saying I he's know. part. I know, but I didn't feel like I needed to mention him because – He's tech, on, on eight, there like, we go. ADP right now, he's actually ranked considerably higher than Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I, I guess there you go. They, don't, they don't believe in Gaskin, um, which is why you're bringing up all this other RV talent. I'm staying away from it. I'll trust if you run that wide receiver strat that Susan was talking about, and then you got Chase Edmonds as your RB2 or RB1, God fucking bless you because you are going to be screwed by week four. I don't trust it. I can't trust Chase Edmonds as an every down back for this team, especially if a healthy, a healthy Raheem Mostert is there. He's the most talented running back on the team by far. Raheem Mostert can be that guy who can – like a Tyree kill, turn one play into a house call. If Raheem Mostert is healthy, he's my lottery ticket. And I think he's the guy you should stash. And if he gets the opportunity, could be something. And if Raheem Mostert gets healthy, stays healthy, then I'm 100% blaming all of the uh, 49ers running backs' woes on whoever is coaching the running backs. They're definitely not like stretching enough at practice or something because everybody gets hurt and there's got to be something going on there. 
Well, is Raheem Mostert going to be okay in Florida? It's hot down there. It is hot, but that also loosens up your muscles. So I think that's going to only help. I don't know. Just make sure he stays hydrated. True. Yeah. Anybody you guys avoiding on this team? I mean, I agree with you. Uh, the backfield is not particularly uh, enticing to me at all, really, because I think, like you said, Glenn, it kind of looks like one of those things now where, like, if you can take a flyer on one of these guys and then one of them pops and you have them sewn on your bench, then it's like, hey, you got a potential flex play, you know, for for the season. But other than Which, that, um, I, I don't really trust the backfield at all. Dolphins haven't had a good consistent running back since, what, Jay Ajayi? Oh, God. I don't know. Lamar Miller. Oh, shut the fuck up. Don't talk to me about it. He had some. He had a good year. Oh, he was. I don't like him. So I don't like him one bit. Since Ricky Williams. Um, do we like the Dolphins backfield or Bill's backfield more? Bill's. Personally. I hate them both. I hate them both, too, to be honest. Do we like the Bills' backfield? I like the players more, um, in the Dol- with the Dolphins, Mo- Moser and Edmonds. All right, all right. One on that. Look at this now, Craig. Lamar Miller, 2014, ninth running back. 2015, fifth running back. Lamar Miller, two years straight. Gross. Never forget. Now, moving on. To none other than your New England Patriots. Wow. I could have thought. <laughs> I thought for sure you're going with the Jets. Just uh, to spite them. New England comes before New York. Alphabetical oh. order. All right. E before Y. <sighs> Even an I. EYE. Oh. I guess it comes after too. I thought it was sometimes why. New England <laughs> Patriots, guys. A fantasy fucking dumpster fire. Yup. I was I texted you today because I was trying to, you know, get my notes ready and preview this team. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, holy shit. Who the fuck do I want to own on the New England Patriots? No one. And yet they're not the worst team out there. They're not. It's just, Bill, you can't trust them. I don't – who wants – all right. Who wants to I, start? Mason, Mason I, I feel like we're going to let you take the floor on your own part, but – I just want to say kinda, quickly, uh, nine hours ago, Mac Jones head coach Bill Belichick has seen, quote-unquote, Dramatic improvement in his second year signal caller this offseason. Yeah, you better fucking hope so. Yeah, he better fucking hope so is right. Um, because let's be honest, the Patriots have just not surrounded Mac Jones with the necessary talent. Um, yes, you brought in Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is a number two or a number three wide receiver on any team that is worth a fucking damn. He he's been, he's, sucks. He's been a number one wide receiver on every team he's been on. He's been like that guy who should be the number one receiver. 
and he never has been, and he won't. Might be on this team. No. Damn, because man. you know what's going to happen? He's going to play the first three games. He's going to look eh. Then he's going to get hurt. And then he's going to be on and off, missing games the rest of the season. And they're going to be like, wait till the playoffs, dude. We're going to get Devontae Parker back. And the Patriots aren't even going to make the playoffs because they suck. That's that's what's going to happen. Okay? Is, is he the next Nikhil Harry? Like, is he going to be that kind of guy? Wouldn't be surprised. He's a tall, stiff, just like Nikhil Harry was. Dude, so, okay. Just Devontae Parker is the best receiver you guys have, and you're comparing him to Nikhil. Nik- fuck out of here. Show Devontae Parker a little respect. No. So I'm pretty sure two seasons ago, you fucking lit your ass up in a in a Week 17 game against Stephon Gilmore. Oh, Week 17? When it doesn't fucking matter for the Dolphins? It mattered it matter for the Patriots. I remember that. Mattered Glenn, give me that shit about Devontae Parker. You, I don't care if he lit the Patriots up for one fucking game, okay? Great. That's good for him. He's not a fantasy-relevant player. I'm sorry. He sucks. Did you not just hear the news about Mac Jones? You put two and two together. Boom. You got a wide receiver one, Devontae Parker. Dramatic improvement. I don't care if it's dramatic improvement or not. I have high hopes for Parker, but I I understand where Mason's coming from. I don't. I just don't. How am I supposed to buy into this guy who never cemented himself as the number one wide receiver? He's definitely the closest number one receiver we've had in a a little while. Yeah, but that's not saying anything. But there's at least that hope that if he's healthy, he could be that guy. Yeah, he could be that guy. That's what people have been saying for fucking five years. You're well, not buying this, it at all. All, the, no. all, this, all this could talk. All this could talk sounds like an X factor to me, Ooh. baby. And that's what Devontae Parker is since we're talking about him. My X factor, Mac Jones, major improvement. Devontae Parker winning me a fantasy <laughs> championship, baby. Let's go. Or Let's go. He's, he's bringing me to my first consolation appearance in Westport League. And I'm going to cuss him out at the end of the year. That's your X factor hmm. for the New England Patriots offense, Devontae Parker. Because you bring him in when you don't have any wide receiver one town, you got a bunch of little guys you can sprinkle around them, like Jacoby Myers, who a PPR might have some relevancy. A sleeper for the Patriots, Jacoby Myers. He finally caught his first two touchdowns last year. Let's see if we could turn two into four. And then we're cooking with a little bit of something, something. We got Kendrick Bourne. And when he catches deep balls, it's like, oh my God, there's Kendrick Bourne. That's what I was saying. When he caught that deep ball against Dallas last year, and I, I, I literally, I couldn't believe what was happening in front of my eyes. <laughs> but if I think anyone out of that Patriots wide receiver group is going to break out, talent wise, it's Devontae Parker. You're it right. is. I know it is, but you're like, it's like, yeah, it's Devontae Parker. It's because it you're you're matter, pairing, right? you're comparing a smaller turd to a larger collection of turds. Like, that's why. It's not like he's actually good, is what I'm saying. Like, yes, comparatively speaking, he is. But otherwise, no. He's not good. I'm sorry. And I hope I'm wrong, okay? I hope I am brutally wrong and he's good because I want the Patriots to do well, obviously. But I don't see it. Devontae Parker saying might be the biggest deal since Randy Moss. 
You're just too blind to see it. Now who's making stupid comparisons? Oh, well, I like it. Oh, Call my me. If Mason God. had that fart button. Call oh. me a top five. I would be going. Because that is. Devontae <laughs> Parker. Let's fucking go. You. Who gave this guy a soundboard, bro? Oh, we didn't even talk about MVPs. Uh, I don't. There's. I don't want. I don't want anybody. I was well, just thinking that for the last couple minutes. I do want somebody like. On the contrary of those teams that we listed before, Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, the Patriots actually have a backfield. If you took Damian Harris and you took Ramondre Stevenson and they had a baby and it was just one running back, that running back would be a top 12 running back in the league in RB1. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they're taken away from each other. But I need a piece of it. I need a piece of the Patriots' backfield. I need me some Damian Harris. But even more, I need me some Ramondre Stevenson because I like Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson's got that dog in him. And I think Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris by the end of the year will be obviously the most valuable tandem uh, for the New England Patriots in fantasy. I think they're going to get the most fantasy points on this New England Patriots team. I like Ramondre better than Harris because Harris is very touchdown dependent last year. And I think at times, just on the eye test, Ramondre looked like the better runner. Uh, Harris also has fumbling problems. Fumble, fumble, stumble, and fumble. Fumbling. And you know what Bill Belichick does? If you turn the ball over, your ass going to be on the bench and in a doghouse. I like Ramondre better, but I still like Damian Harris. Hopefully, I'd say you get them both as a flex. I'd say mid-level flex, and hopefully they got high-end flex, RB2 upside. Um, Glenn is going to play the fart noise for this because my player to avoid is the Patriots backfield. There it is. Um, listen. Listen, guys. I love Damian Harris. Everyone knows it that listens to this podcast. I love Damian Harris. Um, but I don't know. Ramondre uh, Stevenson was a rookie last year, so I only see his snap count going up. Obviously, I think Damian Harris is the lead back, um, but he's had injury problems in the past. So I don't know, guys. I just don't feel good. Also, the Patriots lost some pieces on their offensive line. Um, the offense, I think, has the opportunity this year to be an absolute mess. Uh, Matt Patricia is going to be the one calling plays. Yes, former defensive coordinator Matt Patricia is going to be calling offensive plays. You heard that right? Uh-oh. Um, so I just don't feel great about it. Obviously, Damian Harris had a lot of touchdowns last year. James White is coming back. Um, And regardless of whether or not he takes rushing attempts, if he's on the field, you know, that doesn't necessarily bode well for for Damian Harris. So, I don't know. I just don't – I don't love their backfield. From a fantasy perspective, I think their backfield is very good, just like football-wise. But from a fantasy perspective – I don't trust either guy, especially Damian Harris's ADP is higher than I thought it would be. 
So I don't know. I, I just don't trust it. So if you hate Devontae Parker and you think the Patriots backfield are players to avoid, who the fuck is your MVP on this team? I got an idea. Was I talking to you? No. All right, then. Uh, (laughs) Mason, I need to know, before Suze's idea, who is your Patriots fantasy MVP? It is Mac Jones. Mac Jones. But it doesn't have anything to do with Devontae Parker. It's got all of it to do with Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, and Kendrick Bourne. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Susan, you want to get to your idea before I elaborate on Mac Jones and the other guys you just named? All I'm going to say for the Patriots is, Glenn, I agree with you with the running backs. I just wish they were one person. But because they're not, I don't trust them. Um, I I lean Stevenson as well. But I just don't – I don't think any of them is going to be reliable enough unless someone gets hurt. Um, Finding an MVP was like pulling teeth, but I'm going to go with Hunter Henry as my MVP. He – I think he's going to be the most most reliable guy that you can find because, I mean, he's not going to be fantastic, but neither is anyone else. Uh, He's a guy who can get you 10 touchdowns in a year possibly, you know. And if, if uh, Mac Jones steps up, I think Hunter Henry can benefit a lot. Did, did we not just talk about Devontae Parker 20 minutes ago or less than that? You know that Hunter Henry is your MVP to Devontae Parker? Devontae Parker stinks. I got to see it first, man. There's the potential for him to be MVP, but last two years, missing games, not doing that great. Hunter Henry 15. last year. Hunter Henry finished eighth in standard, 10 in PPR, nine touchdowns. That's a lot. Darian Harris. Darian Harris had 15 touchdowns. That's crazy. It's a lot. Hunter Henry. Is he, he's the he's the most reliable guy I could I could pick. Because this team's not that great for fantasy. Unless Mac Jones balls out, my my uh my lottery picks are actually uh what do I have uh just one uh, Kendrick Bourne just the fact that he's a big play guy hang on to him if he shows consistency because you got to think the wide receivers they're gonna be out there to start are Bourne Myers and Devontae Parker it should be Parker's the wide receiver one. A little bit of everything. Red zone threat, stretch field out. Kendrick Bourne, uh, you know, quick receiver who can go deep. Jacoby Myers being that possession guy. Hunter Henry. I mean, the talent isn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, who are these guys? Uh, I don't fucking know. But, yeah. Player to avoid? Johnny Smith. <laughs> don't even well, elaborate. I didn't even know we were he was like he was even relevant in a conversation. Oh, he was the biggest free agent signing they had in fucking 20 years last year. And then he did shit. That was yeah, Parker. He did literally nothing. Um 
I want to go back to what Mason said earlier. He said Devontae Parker on any team that's worth a damn would be like a wide receiver too. I want to know what Bourne and Jacoby Myers would be on a team that had that whatever worth a damn. Uh, Probably on the bench. Yeah. So like, what the fuck do we got? I mean, that's what Bourne. Bourne we know because Bourne was on what uh, the 49ers. He was like their wide receiver four or three. So hence and since Harris and Stevenson, since they're not one person, I had to go with Henry. And I don't trust Parker enough yet, but he could be the guy. I'm hoping he's my lotto. Parker's my lotto because, like a lottery ticket. Probably won't work out, but if it does, you know, but if you it know, does, in 2019, Devontae Parker was a number four wide receiver in standard. I, I know, I saw that number 11 of PPR. That is fucking wild. Let me see why. Because he played all 16 games, and because he had over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Yeah, 1,200 yards, nine That's touchdowns. The year with Fitzpatrick. 2019. Yeah. Yeah, he lit so up the was, the second half of the year. That was the year he. Uh, I would like to know who got hurt that would have been ahead of him otherwise. But anyway, that's his only good year, by the way. Wow! Imagine that. Because <laughs> he hasn't been healthy, and that's always Glenn's thing. One good year. Well. He's only had one good year. He's just got to be healthy. If he plays, if he puts together a, if he plays a whole season, he's a top 10 uh, wide receiver in fantasy. But he's yeah, not playing If That's wishes were got... fishes, the world would be an ocean, my guy. Every time Devontae Parker's played a full season, he's been a top 10 wide receiver. I fucking hate that you said it like that. I hate that you said it like that. <laughs> That's the worst. Oh, shit. All right. Um, no That's false about advertising. Let's talk about these bum-ass Patriots in oh, fantasy, dude. Craig said, what about Nelson Aguilar? He makes $16 million a year. He should be good. <laughs> Fuck you, Craig. That's what I have to say about oh, that. Oh, yeah, he's on the team, too? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see right? if he lasts a week eight. Oh, my God. When, I don't even think he's going to make it out of camp, bro. Wow. No chance. Damn. He's making way too much money. Let's talk about a team with actual potential. The New York Jets. Uh, it's just funny to me. That's all. You think I'm joking? All this team has is potential. Name me a younger team with more potential than the New York Jets. You can't. Bengals? Nope. Not as young. What? Not as young. More potential. Not as young. Bougie. The New York Jets have now one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, Zach Wilson, in his second year. They got Elijah Moore in year two, looking to be the wide receiver one. They just drafted in the first round Garrett Wilson to be their wide receiver two. Hopefully, maybe could even surpass Elijah Moore towards the end of the season. In the second round, they drafted running back Brees Hall, who physically is a comparison to Ezekiel Elliott. And, yeah, they still got Michael Carter. But it's a lot of rookies, a lot of question marks. And hopefully in the second year, we could see if Zach Wilson is that guy. Yeah. Right. 
the Jets suck, okay? But last year, who shined the most? Michael Carter? Um, yeah, that's no, I fair. Think Elijah, Elijah Moore was really good, wasn't he, for the second half? Or something there was a uh, like a five six game stretch where Elijah Moore was good, but then he got hurt at the end. Uh, he yes. was hurt in the beginning, so it was only like in the middle that he had a good stretch. But if he was healthy, maybe that could have been all year. Um, Corey Davis started somewhat hot, but then fell off completely. I'd say Michael Carter was the most consistent. Like, he was kind of a surprise too. Like he was, he kept in games. He missed games, which is why he didn't finish that great. But the games he played, more often than not, were pretty solid. But now there's no doubt in my mind that Brees Hall is going to be the guy <clears throat> at running back. So, I mean, Michael Carter's still there, but you don't just bra- draft Brees Hall in the second round and not use him. Um, my MVP for the Jets is going to be, in fact, Brees Hall. And I don't even – I don't – I feel like I have, like, Clyde comparisons to Brees Hall. Uh-oh. Because here's the thing. With Clyde, he was a first-round pick for the Chiefs, about to be in a high-powered offense like the Chiefs. So you thought he had potential. So in his rookie year, he was going in the first round, towards the end of the first round. Brees Hall right now, I think is late second, early third maybe, in, uh, in redraft leagues. It's just tough because the Jets aren't good. It's not like Brees Hall is getting an opportunity like, like, like being drafted to a, a high-powered offense like Clyde was. So I don't know if yeah. the hype for Clyde was too high. I think Brees obviously is more of a physical makeup and has the potential to be a better back than Clyde, especially given what the opportunity that he might have in New York. You're hoping that he gets those 20 carries a game at least, but – I don't like the Jets and their offense. Like, I feel like a lot of drives are just going to be halted. And you're going to be sitting there with Brees Hall as your RB1, and you're going to be like, well, this sucks. You know, he has six points, and it's there's two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, I don't know. I, I But I think yeah. he's the best option, like the most consistent option possibly for the Jets this year in fantasy. And if yeah, there's he's a lot of things going against them. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean – I mean, the only thing that's going with him is that he surpasses Michael Carter on the depth chart. I, th- I think he's literally going to – I'm not going to say he would probably be the bell cow, but from what everybody's saying, you know, he's going one of one in dynasty leagues as a top rookie. Yeah. You know, so I think they're going to use him. And I think if volume – I always like volume in fantasy football. If you're getting the opportunities, that gives you the best chance to gain yards, score touchdowns. So if you're getting that volume, if your name's Brees Hall – you get enough touches, you got potential to be the best option for this fantasy team. I'm going to have to um, agree with you there. I think I think Reese Hall will be the the, Thank you. the MVP, at least the safest bet for MVP. Um, like you said, he's got a lot of headwinds in front of him, like being on a bad team, first year. Um, I don't know if there's really going to be many targets going his way, uh, but – at the end of the day, he's probably the best – got the best upside. And it is tough because Elijah Moore did show what he can do. 
in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games from week seven to week 13. I wish I knew like what ranking he was in just that span, but he scored 10, 11, 23, 13, 25, 7, 17, which is like, whoa. And that was his first year. A 23 game, that. That a, a 23 game, was that against the Colts? 23, yeah. Yeah, that was against me. Oh, oh, okay. But he scored more on, against the Dolphins a little bit later. It was on Thursday night when I played Zach, and he started Elijah Moore. And Zach outscored. Not fucking... forget about that. Why do I feel like you won that week anyway? That's why I did, because Zach sucks. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so, I mean, I guess you could make a strong case for Elijah Moore, but I'd rather take that new hotness. He was the first running back off the board. For a reason, I'm sure. So, Breeze Hall, not comfortable Ace. about it, but Ace. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go Hall as well. Um, I'm sure Souza, I think, is in the same boat as me. I know fuck all about college football. Yep. Um, so when it comes to someone like this, I kind of literally have to take the projections as kind of gospel a little bit. So you have to do a little bit extra research on guys like these. Get a lot of different you know, from a lot of different places see what people are saying about him. But, you know, all things considered, he looks like he should be the guy, um, which, you know, if Zach Wilson has a very reliable elite running back back there now, that'll help open things up for him, which will help open things up for the passing game as well. Uh, but obviously the touches are going to be there for him. It's just whether or not he can make the most of it. And I think, in theory, if Michael Carter was able to do that last year, mm. he should be able to do it to an even greater degree. I like that. That that boosted my confidence a little bit on uh, Brisson. And, uh, and I'll say this. I think he's going to be – I think he has the potential to be um, – or that he's going to be like a so- probably solid RB too, but someone that you can start week in, week out. And there's usually not anyone on the Jets that you can start week in, week out. Do you feel comfortable drafting him, though, as your RB1? No. Oh, my God, no. Absolutely not. You don't have to, though, right? He's going where's, like – Where's he going? Where's he going? I don't sure know. Right now, uh, ESPN says 48.9. So, in our league, divide that by – 14. 14. Third round. He's probably middle like of, middle of third. He's probably like 15 to 20 off the board for running backs. All right. I'd have to see. Lot. I'd have to I've see what other players of, are available around there. So I've been doing a lot of dynasty mocks. So he's going a lot earlier, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's also that strat where you go wide receiver, wide receiver, Brees Hall. That's possible. And would you feel comfortable with that? Two wide receivers, then Brees Hall? I don't know. I might go a third wide receiver instead of taking him. Really? Or a tight end, possibly, if, like, a Waller is there. Yeah, for me, it depends on the players that are available around him, I think. We we talked about Lashmore a little bit. He's my X-factor for this team. Uh, X-Factor because if he can show consistently like I think he did through those seven weeks, you know, and be that wide receiver one that he was drafted to be, voila. Yeah. You got a, you got a, you got a seven forget it wide receiver two with a little bit of upside possibly. 
Um, X factor though now because you just drafted Garrett Wilson in the first round could possibly be the more talented wide receiver of the two, and he could leapfrog him. And then Garrett Wilson's that guy that you thought Elijah Moore was going to be. That's why Garrett Wilson's my lottery ticket. Um, actually, no, he's not my lottery ticket. He's my sleeper. My lottery ticket is Michael Carter, just in case anything happens to Brees Hall. Michael Carter, by de facto, is that guy. Um, yeah, I like Elijah Moore. Garrett Wilson, we'll see. And Jameson, I mean, not Jameson Carter. He's, he's left town, but Corey Davis is still there. Whatever. It's going to be lottery? on Zach Wilson. I was going to say your lottery tickets, not Braxton Berrios? No, only in uh, championship week. <laughs> Funny. Um, yeah, I agree with the Elijah Moore take X factor. I don't really have a lottery ticket sleeper. They have CJ Uzama there. I don't know. I don't trust it, but it's a new name. No. Yeah. Uh, kind of get to it, I guess. But CJ Uzama is my player to avoid. Actually. I feel like yeah, I always showed a flash in the pan kind of deal where like he'd give you a good game here or there when he was on the Bengals. And let me tell you something, brother. If you ain't doing it with Joe Burrow, you ain't doing it on the Jets. Okay? I'm sorry. But that's how I feel about that. I agree. Avoid the Jets tight ends. Sleepers, Corey Davis for me. I'm looking at his stats. He didn't play every game. He only played nine. So that's why he didn't really – you don't really think about him. But in games that he played – he had like set like six or more targets, really, and that's that's what you like to see. He had, he had some good games here, a couple duds, but um, he's a guy who could possibly be the guy over more if if he plays all sixteen. Who knows? Seventeen. Seventeen. the jaw. Anything <laughs> left to say about the New York Jets? Um. No, nope. not really. Who wins the AFCs? Bills. Bills. Bills Town. Bills. Does any other team from the AFC East be, become a wild card team, make the playoffs? Dolphins. Dolphins. Patriots not making the playoffs this year? Nope. They did last nope. year. Yeah, that's great that they did last year, but they're not doing it this year. Are they going to decline then? Yep. Well, Matt- but, no, but, Jesus. but what I've been hearing is Mac Jones is a, better. Dramatic improvement. Mac Dramatic Jones improvement. can be better, but he still has absolute shit around him. And what? it's not going to matter how good the Patriots offense is if the Patriots defense is giving up 37 fucking points a game. Fair. So Dolphins D is not bad. But what if Mac Jones makes dramatic improvement? You have the, you have the Patriots getting. Did I stutter? You have the Dolphins signing Tyreek Hill. And you got the Patriots getting Devontae Parker. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, oh, dude, Dolphins got Tyreek Hill. But Patriots got Devontae Parker. Like, yeah, okay, great. Sick. I wonder Devontae who wins Parker, there. Though, he's going to give us intel on the Dolphins. No? <laughs> Thank you. 
That's it. I'm done. Um. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't even know if there's another playoff team out of the AFC East besides the Bills. I think the Bills have a chance to be the number one seed, and wouldn't be surprised me if they are. Defense has improved too. They got Von Miller because the Cowboys don't want to pay for him. And uh, Gomes said yeah, something. The Bills. Oh, I don't even have the chat open. What's Gomes? Matt saying? Patricia, we trust Gomes. I respectfully disagree, my friend. And who? Matt Patricia. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we figure out who we preview next because now we've done what three divisions already? We only got five players. Uh Gomes. He's here. Ask Gomes. Him. Gomes, what division do you want to see previewed next week on the pod? We've already done the AFC North. We've already done the AFC West. I'm sorry. No, we already done the NFC North, the AFC West, and the AFC East. What the hell is that? Probably someone driving in my house. Yeah, I'm getting Gomes taken away. NFC East. That should be fun. <laughs> Good one. That is, I love that sound thing. That is too great. funny. Um, all right, next week NFC East. Cowboys hey, are still tools. Cowboys are still tools. He says he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. He's know. not wrong. Like unfolds the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. All right. Anything else? Any questions, comments, concerns? I don't think so. All right. Well, get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye.